When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you like music and you like podcasts and you like to laugh and you like to learn, you need to immediately subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we dive deep into the story and back catalog of a one hit wonder band or artist. From there, we have a good healthy discussion as to whether they brought the one hit thunder or were nothing more than a one hit wonder. We have a huge back catalog and we've done episodes on everything from Don't Worry, Be Happy and the Macarena to King of Wishful Thinking and Cumbersome. I promise you're going to love the show more than Jaquan loved getting tipsy and even more than Bobby Boris Pickett loved making alternate versions of the Monster Match. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts. So, at this point in time, we've already played our hands on what our top originals are on this album. Yeah, poor groovy guy doesn't stand a chance. No, such a groovy guy is a a rough one. Here's what the old Wikipedia had to say about this. Okay. Such a groovy guy parodies narcissism, specifically (laughs) noting fashion, demeanor, dominance, and submission, and a relationship breakup. Now, here's where the weird story comes in. Okay. Yankovic said he wrote the song for a woman that he was dating as an homage to her previous boyfriend, who, upon being broken up with, asked her, but I'm such a groovy guy. Why would you break up with me? Oh, wow. Out of concern for the individual not being aware of his status, Yankovic did not identify him ever. Interesting. But I wrote down that this song, and this is a horror reference for you, for sure. This both reminds me of a song that you would hear in the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes movie, (laughs) but also feels like it could legitimately be about Patrick Bateman at the exact same time. (laughs) It does have that energy for sure. And it gets dark. Like, well, the last verse of this song is actually like horror movie level dark, and I want to build to it. But the beginning, he describes this groovy guy as alligator boots, pants skin tight, and dark glasses and sunglasses in the middle of the night. Sounds pretty groovy to me. <laughs> pretty groovy. Well, it's also inter- like we just were talking about I'll be mellow and I'm dead. And it definitely seems like the groovy guy in this is very much embodying a lot of the characteristics that Al was pushing up against in that song. Fancy clothes, fancy dress, just like someone who thinks that they are super hip. Could you think of more evidence that this album is a punk rock album than writing a song like this about your current girlfriend's last boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's what? it's so interesting. It's well, and again, almost like Al is so known for not being mean spirited. It's part of what makes him so beloved. And this is like inherently like like it's your current girlfriend's ex. Like you've already won, dude. 
Like, you're this just is like, a mean album. It, yeah, like, it really is. It really is. Buckingham like, Blues, I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead, yeah. Chuck, Checks in the Mail has so much bitterness in it. Yeah. And then you've got the one-two punch of this and the closer. Like, it is a dark, demented, it, it, mean-spirited It, it really, really is, yeah. And again, it's interesting because, you know, you never would think this. And still, I, I'm not going to, like, really follow through on this theory too much, but the songs on this record do almost feel like they have connective tissue yeah. throughout them. Like this is about very particular multiple songs about the same person scenario or just life events for Al, you know, like it, it, it feels very pointed and not random. Some of the stuff that he's talking about here. Yeah. I think of this weird idea of like, obviously you watched freaks and geeks. Yes. Right. And there's like, there's that amazing episode where James Franco goes to a punk show for the first time. Yes. And it's like the first time that he like really feels like he's around people that he can connect with and that like they understand what's going on in his life a little bit. Totally. I imagine like a young weird owl discovering like that CBGB's type of punk music and that early new wave type of music. Yeah. And wanting to, to do that but being like the only thing I'm armed with is an accordion (laughs) and, and finding a way to like this album really does capture that energy. Like I I feel like we stress it every other episode, but it is, it is such a grimy punk, angry (laughs) album. It is, it is. And I mean, and you know, musically this song is definitely interesting. It's not quite as maybe not quite as interesting as some of the other ones we have talked about. It is tricky um this is a a, like a a, another showcase for steve J on the bass this is a real like um there's a lot of fast riffy stuff going on in this song he and al are like kind of trading licks on accordion and bass which this album is loaded with another sort of showcase musically still but accompanying yeah like these angry angry punk rock lyrics like it, it is the juxtaposition of those two things is very compelling to me. I do like, this is not, I mean, we've, we've already sort of, like we said, we've revealed our hand cause we've already picked favorites from this record. Um, so this is not like a favorite for me, but not I do my least really, it's, it's not, not my least favorite. <laughs> no. Cause it is weird and interesting and dark. And I want to get into some of those lyrics. You hinted at it before, but yeah, I mean, let's, um, let's get, we'll, we'll at least tackle them. Cause there's a lot to say here Yeah, is that the last verse before the chorus kind of just repeats itself into mm-hmm. eternity turns real real dark and it says and then i might decide to tie you up with dental floss and make you wear a harness and show you who's the boss of course if you refuse well then honey it's your loss i mean i wouldn't do this with just anyone yeah i mean you know there's a lot of characters throughout al's records where when you just look at the lyrics on paper you're like whoa yeah Yeah. like you know we've already referenced and we're going to get to all these songs like good old days some very dark lyrics i remember larry uh there there's moments in his catalog where you are it is staggering the horrifying imagery that he writes with he's not someone that you would think of to put on at halloween time but he has plenty of songs that if you were just like are you familiar with an artist named da stern no i've never heard of him either my brother sent me 
a two song EP that he released on Spotify that is just lo fi covers of two Weird Al songs. Really? Those songs kind of stripped down and done very sincerely yeah. are very unsettling. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Like, Even, I mean, there's just a lot of like scary characters in his songs. Like, and they, they run the gamut because I just named some really intense ones. This, I think, qualifies as a really intense one. But he often, like, Melanie, I mean, there's a lot of like disturbing people that he talks about. And he, he often writes about them in the first person, which like, as if he is these, these people. And yeah, I mean, you know, so much of his imagery, like, you know, even as a a devotee of his music and someone who identifies with the originals more than the parodies, I still, in my mind, he's still like, you know, eat it, get yourself an egg and beat it guy. Like that's like how I see him. That's how you perceive him. Yeah. And then some of these lyrics are just like, man, I I really think like so much of my, I have a very dark sense of humor and now taking a close look at Al's lyrics (laughs) that I've been hearing since I was a child. I was like, I think this might've played a large part in that. You know what? But the other thing that we have to factor in too, is that we're still really early into his music video life because his music videos also get violenter and violenter and violenter as time goes on. Like yeah. I remember when I watched that VHS tape that we talked about in the first episode, like mm. there were moments that my sister would look away cause she didn't like what she was seeing. And like UHF has like two or three. I remember the story behind UHF was it was shot to be a PG movie yeah, and the MPAA gave it a PG thirteen rating because there was like two or three really violent scenes, and yeah. Al would not cut them. <laughs> it's no, like no, no, this is my movie. Yeah, there there <laughs> is definitely some some real morbid curiosity in Al's writing and in the characters that he comes up with in these songs, which I love. I mean, I think it's I, I'm it's just that's my nature as well. We're both horror movie fans as well. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this are going to have this sort of a cross section here where you, for whatever reason in our brains, these things are just like hit similar. I don't know, like pleasure centers, I guess you could call it. I don't know why, but they do. And yeah, I mean, it's I just, I feel like I keep saying the same thing, but it's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me the way that he writes some of these songs and how incredibly grim they get. I mean, even like the verse before like this, he does this a lot, like the building up, like it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Uh, as the song goes on, because the, the verse before that is like, are, baby, are you in the mood for a little romance? Well, for starters, I could pour some chocolate pudding down your pants. That's very cute and funny. Yeah. And then attach electrodes to your brain and watch you dance. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> golly, wouldn't that be fun? Like, man, like I, it, it's really like he he turns on a dime. There is like a Peter, like an early Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi sense of comedy <laughs> in Weird Al where it's like. You know, you watch those movies, uh, if you're a horror fan, you watch those movies, and it's like, Dead Alive, depending on how into horror movies you are, it is either, like, legitimately upsetting how gory it is, or it's hysterical because it's, like, Three Stooges level over the top. Absolutely, yeah. But you show that movie to someone who does not watch horror movies, they are not going to find anything funny about it. No, They're going to be like, this true. is disgusting. And yeah. I think that that is, Weird Al is firmly in that bucket where it's, like, violence when it's cartoonish to the point that it's... Weird Al's violence is something that I do love to see is, like, when people try to do, like, a, a Looney Tunes level of violence in yes. real life in yes. a movie. It's always fascinating, right? Or Totally, like, totally. I think you've seen, like, uh, people have done the videos where it's, like, 
Home Alone with Blood, where yeah. they like just take the movie Home Alone and add like blood splatter to like whenever they get hit with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like there there is this like you said, it's a morbid curiosity. But yeah. man, this is this might be the darkest he's ever written. Cause this is I- like this is fucked. <laughs> like this. <laughs> this is super, super dark. I mean, it would be interesting, and as we go on, we can compare. Because I'm, I'm thinking of particular phrases and and lyrics in songs like "Good Old Days" and in songs like "I Remember Larry." And it's like there are there is some pretty gnarly language in some of these songs, or the um uh the extra gory version of uh, "Night Santa Went Crazy." Uh, yeah. I mean, that would, that's another interesting. Like, we could rank Al's songs in terms of violence. <laughs> well, I think that I think that the difference with like a lot of the like, I think the problem that sits with such a groovy guy to me that doesn't hit as hard with a lot of those other ones is like the absurdist level of a lot of them. Like yeah. doing those were the good old days in this like very James Taylor like upbeat singer songwriter yeah. type vibe. Like it's like a beautiful juxtaposition. Yeah, the music of such a groovy guy isn't that far off from just like the general tone of that's true the person. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. that it lacks that that juxtaposition divide that that really like separates the the fucked up lyrics from everything yeah, else. Yeah, no, you 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 are right about that. <laughs> like, that is like a part of what makes those other ones interesting is that sort of disconnect of the two things and this is just a straight yeah, just a straight song about a about an absolute psychopath. About an absolute <laughs> psychopath that like obviously maybe their lyrics wouldn't be this up front but it's like we talked about butt rock recently but you know like yeah. Nickelback literally has a song it's like I like your pants around your feet like you're telling me that's not that far off from like some of these lyrics. Yeah, no, like, you're right. You're like right. Like there's there's this weird level of like misogynistic submissiveness that, uh, yeah. that he's mocking in this, but it's done in a style of music where it doesn't feel that separated from it. No, in it the, doesn't. In the yeah. way that like those were the good old days does feel really separated. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because th- that that is a fair point. Because those other ones are clearly more abstract. And this, I mean, you just said like. He has straight up said that this is about a real person. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like, I, I can appreciate. I'm like, you know, in hindsight, it's almost like, thank God he didn't say who this was. Like, yeah, w- what a nightmare. And and I'm sure he pushed it to an absurd level. But it is like, if that is true, if the direct quote is, why would you break up with me? I'm such a groovy guy. I feel like that tells you everything you ever <laughs> need to hear about who this person was. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does paint a picture, and I can appreciate the fact that a young Al heard that line and was like, oh, that's so good. I have to, like, do something with that. But yeah, no, it's... it's, Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, and maybe, you know, again, it's interesting from a from a uh, listener's perspective because you really don't know the motivation. These songs on this record, we talked about how they have a lot of connective tissue and they feel like they're... These songs feel more personal. And maybe that's touching on the thing you were saying about how this song feels so dark because it feels personal as well as dark. I never, I mean, again, I'm just like, we were talking about it earlier and like took taking a quick peek at the track list for in 3D. Yeah. And at least up front, these songs do not seem personal. <laughs> yeah. Like that, he, he moves in another direction and it just becomes about like more broad ideas and subjects and idea and topics. And this record clearly seems like it comes from a real place and this song, all of this stuff comes from a real place in his life, actual events, 
which makes the harsh language all the more kind of stunning to to hear and see on the page. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an interesting one. It's definitely I would say that while it's not my least favorite of of it, I feel like it's also weirdly probably the one I would listen to the least in a strange way. Like, yeah, maybe because because you're at this point on the record, we've, you know, like touched on a lot of really, really great stuff. And we're we're one song away from a really I mean, I'll say it right now. We're one song away from a very satisfying closer. Oh, yeah. I think we're in agreement of, of <laughs> what our number two song is. Yeah. On this yeah, yeah. Album, but... And uh, and so that's you know, that's coming down the pipe. Um, and this again, it's funny. I'm actually going to take a quick look because I don't know how long this song is in my mind. Oh, 303. I would have thought it was longer than that. That's not very long. And for what it's worth, we were talking about several episodes ago. This is now I'm going back a significant amount. Stop dragging my car around is only three minutes and 16 seconds long, which yeah, in I, my mind feels so much longer than that. There's really no long songs on this album. Honestly, no. I think they're all about three minutes or less, which honestly, when you're dealing with comedy is the right decision. I'll be mellow when I'm dead is the longest. But for me, I don't feel that because I feel like it has so many musical ideas crammed into it that it doesn't feel long. Yeah. And even um, then it's it's a 330. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, not exactly. It's not no, yeah, that's, insane. It's not especially a, when we're thinking about post 90s Al where he has these closing <laughs> tracks that are sometimes double digit minute length oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> like, but he makes it work which is also crazy that is like that i could listen to albuquerque the amount of times i've listened to albuquerque <laughs> and be fine with it oh my god i'm just boy is that i mean how, how is that not going to be a long episode when we get to it oh yeah that, that one's going to go forever yeah yeah i mean so i you know we're sort of dancing around it here but i think this is a totally serviceable definitely not the worst parody or original on this record probably more interesting conceptually than it is just to like actually play and enjoy yeah. so where where do you think you're going to rank this because um, i'm making the decision that mine is going right after happy birthday but above buckingham blues for me you've got yours ranked a little bit differently uh so yours is i'll be mellow when i'm dead checks in the mail happy birthday got a boogie buckingham blues um yeah i'm putting it above Buckingham Blues. Okay, so still got a boogie ranking higher. St- I still am going to put, yeah. <laughs> I know that by the end, be, got a that, boogie is going to be low, but I really want to r- continue to express my defense of that song because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's more, I think it's fun. I don't know. I just, I have fun with that. All right. Well, bass players are- out there, learn the baseline for got a boogie. You're going to have a great time. Trust me. <laughs> it's a great warm up exercise. Do it. Uh, and Matt, next week. We wrap up our first album of of Weird Al's catalog. Man, that's it's crazy. It's been a hell of a day. It's been a, it's been a crazy time, and we only have a hundred and eighty something songs left, or whatever yeah, it is. So we'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's gonna be plus, over before we know it. Plus a couple movies and TV show appearances and other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.